back at it again, TFB, with your boy RIC, Rick Saratella here, broadcasting live from the Jersey Shore. It's the football playbook. Buckle up. Broadcasting around the universe. Shout out to all our people across the pond, up north, down south, and here in the United States. This is the global edition of the Jacob Sports Channel. And hey, we got Dirty Bird talk all day long here on the football playbook. In fact, man, I'm on my second pot of coffee. I'm so fired up. I'm sweating bullets over here on this Monday morning, September 12th, 2002, and I'll tell you why. Good win. Good victory. Not championship football, okay? Not championship football, and I'll tell you why. But first, big shout-out to Jacob Sports on the pre- and post-game. Big shout-out, Ocean Casino and Resorts, for hosting us. Uh, I saw the Jacob Sports channel did just as many viewers as the Eagles.com post-game show. Big things, (laughs) If you're not buckled up on Sundays for the pre and post game show right here on Jacob Sports, part of the uh, Ocean Casino Resorts every Sunday down at the gallery. Love it. Big shout out to Jeff Kerr around the NFC East this morning, kicking things off for you today. And uh, how about Barrett B filling in on the Mac and Mac show with uh, uh, Jody Mac here right before the show. We might have Johnny Mac today. He's en route back from Detroit. We'll try to pop him on. Philly native Howard Balzer later on in the show. Tone behind the scenes with the fresh cut. We got to pop him on just to see the fresh cut he got for Eagles week one. And we'll see what he's got cooking from his hot takes from NFL week number one. You there, me here, buckle up chat room, SMD, Tavern Mike, Deo Swartz, Marcus J, Johnny Dickerson, all the chat room people out there, whether you're chiming in or not, we get interactive with it. If you got questions, I got some answers. In fact, I got 15 pages of the football playbook for you today, just from the Eagles game. I charted every single freaking play. I'm going to get into that. I'm going to get into some X's and O's. <laughs> yeah, the coffee got me wild. Wild, baby. And I ain't holding back. It's no holds barred edition week one NFL. Just because we're working out the kinks doesn't mean we're going to tolerate excuses. Okay. I'm going to call like I see it. Now, the good news, you're 1-0 on this Monday morning, Eagles fans. You're 1-0. You took the Lions' best shot. They hit you in the teeth. They're punching the mouth. Everybody's got a game plan until you get punched in the nose, says Mike Tyson. The Eagles got punched in the nose pretty good. They took the best shot. That's the good news. More good news? A lot of room for improvement. You know why? You know why? That defense got more holes than Swiss cheese. Okay? I got news for you. Nick Sariani. Nick, Paisan, I'm talking to you, brother. Feel me on this one, all right? You know who's on line one this morning? You know who my first phone call is this morning? Mr. Fangio. Paging Mr. Fangio. Yeah. Yeah, this defense has got a lot of problems. And it's only week one. If I'm Nick Sariani, I got Vic Fangio on line one this morning. You know why? Because a good coach can foresee the future. A good coach can recognize where the holes are on your roster. A good coach understands what the heck a defense is all about. Not in the post-game press conference when you tell me, coach, 
you know, I really don't have a big hand in the defensive play calling. It's not my cup of tea. I kind of let coach do his thing. You better find out. You better find out what a real defense looks like because that's not the one. That's not championship football. That's not what I signed up for. And I, I put bigger expectations on this Eagle squad than anybody on this channel. That's not championship caliber defense. So you can look at it one or two ways. We got a lot of work to do, or there's a lot of room for improvement. Vic Fangio's on line one. <sighs> Kidding me with that? I'm going to get into the X's and O's. He actually played a good first half of football. I don't know what happened in the second half. It got me ticked off. It should have Nick Sariani ticked off. Bro, and listen, I'm going to tell you this. I understand that tackling is a concern, not just for the Eagles. It's around the whole freaking league, all right? It's around the whole NFL because you got these club med training camps. People don't know how to wrap up and tackle. You better learn. You know what I'm doing in the next practice? Back to the fundamentals. I'm going to teach you how to tackle, bro. I'm going to teach you how to wrap up. I'm going to teach you hand combat in the trenches, Hassan Reddick. I woke up, I'm eating cereal. I turned my milk carton around as I'm eating my Fruit Loops. There's, there's Hassan Reddick. <laughs> Thanks, Hassan. I was looking for you yesterday. Buckle up. Hey, I'm not here to be Debbie Downer. That's not championship football if you want to win a Super Bowl. It's not what it's about. It's not what it's about against a three-win team. You got popped in the mouth, all right? The defense, you need to shore up that defense. You need to learn how to tackle. Javon Hargrave, you know, we saw uh, all these contracts restructured last week, freeing up, you know, almost $10 million in cap space. I heard it was to sign Javon Hargrave to a long-term deal. <laughs> Not after that performance. And Coach Gannon and Nick Sariani, are you kidding me? 22 snaps for Jordan Davis. You can't stop the run. And you're that unimaginative that you can't find a way to get Jordan Davis in the game. Where's my stat sheet? You can't find a way to get Jordan Davis in the game for more than 22 plays? Are you kidding? Give me a break. What are you doing? The Vikings are going to feast on this defense if you play that way. Okay? Now, here's the positive. You went on the road. Detroit hadn't sold out a home game in about three years, 67,000. You did good. You did good, Jalen Hurts. You did good. Okay, offense. You did okay. All right, you did what you needed to do. Defense, not so much. But there was a lot of expectations coming into this matchup for the Lions. A lot of adrenaline flowing. And we saw why the Lions don't win games. Dan Campbell gifted you that win. You didn't earn that victory. Dan Campbell gifted it to you. Okay? Okay, we'll get into those calls. Dan Campbell, when you get fired after the season, in living color called. Homie, don't play that, bro. I got a job for you, bro. I'll get I'll get more into Dan Campbell after, after I give you my grades for week one, okay?
And listen, guys, RIC in the place to be, Rick Saratella. I told you, I'm telling it like it is when it comes to the NFL draft, everything football is what we do here in the football playbook. Week number three, by the way, part 10. It's our 10th episode. I'm just getting started now. All this preseason fugazi. I'm done with predictions. I'm done with the guessing games. We're going to talk about results now. It's a bottom line business, and that's what I'm about. So we're going to break it down right now. Starting at top, Nick Sariani, I'd give him a C plus. You know why? You won the game, right? You won the game, but I listened to your post-game press conference. Not so impressed. Two hands off with the defense. Too much power to Coach Gannon there. All right? You give Jonathan Gannon too much freedom to do what he wants to do, that's going to be the demise of you. Okay, my friend? So learn the defensive side of the ball. The good head coaches, Belichick, McVay, Shanahan, they know X's and O's inside out every single play, offense and defense. Don't sit here and tell me, ah, oh, you know, that's not really my thing. I let Gannon do, do what he got to do. You know, I pop in, I talk, I tell him what I see from an offensive coordinator uh, perspective. No, you better learn how to see it from a defensive coordinator perspective if you want to win a chip, my friend. Sariana gets a C plus because the offense did what they had to do. Shane Steichen, you get a B. Because the offense did what they had to do, okay? And they're kind of connected at the hip. Sariani gets the C because he's also responsible for the defense. As much as he wants to deflect the blame to Gannon and the players, you know, that's the other thing, Sariani. And he covered himself up at the end of the press conference by saying he takes full responsibility. But before he said that, he said, listen, you know, when, when Jalen – calls checks an audible or changes plays like hey we just give the information to the players and put them in position to succeed that's on them whether or not the play works or not no it's on you it's on you to coach it right man paisan come on i'm a little disappointed take some responsibility it all falls on you the buck stops with coach seriani and if you need me to come visit the novacare center today I'm full of coffee and full of energy, and I could probably give you more valuable snaps than what Hassan Reddick gave you yesterday. By the way, Fletcher Cox is gassed. I wonder if that's a product of your weak training camp protocol. Did you see him huffing and puffing on the sideline? He had to come out due to conditioning. Fletcher Cox, what are you making, $14 million this year? You can't show up in shape? Not only that, you can't get Jordan Davis on the field for more than 22 snaps with a tired Fletcher Cox, with an ineffective Fletcher Cox. I know he had a sack that was gifted too. I like what I saw from Jalen Hurts. It's not all doom and gloom here on the football playbook. Jalen showed poise. Jalen started off 0 for 5. I think that's a big storyline we didn't talk about here on the Jacob Sports Channel. He started off 0-5. He probably had another half a dozen passes that he threw away, which were good decisions, to avoid a loss of yards, to avoid a sack. So 18-32 might not look great on paper, but at the end of the day, he accounted for 353 yards, only took one sack, 17 carries. You know, here's the deal with Jalen Hurts. He's never going to be this pocket passing read through progression quarterback. You wanted to see the next level. It's not really going to happen because they still got Jalen running a college basic simplified college RPO scheme. One read, read half of the field and make a decision. And if that receiver is not there, he's tucking and running 17 carries, 90 yards. All good. 
all good as long as you get the W. But you know what? Gardner, Gardner Minshew is a lot more valuable than people realize when you're running the ball 17 times with your quarterback. And there's, there's running backs that don't carry the ball that much. And we saw the Eagles average 39 and a half carries last year. They had 39 again yesterday. So the run game was outstanding. Okay. They get an A. I mean, the run game gets an A. Four, four running backs, four different runners scored touchdown. It hasn't happened in 60 years. You get an A there, run game. Offensive line, solid, pretty solid. You know, the fact that Hurts has to run so much, I don't know if that's more of a, a poor protection or just Hurts getting antsy. I got to see how that plays out. But the offense did good. The offense did good. The defense, not so much. The defense actually played about 18 to 25 minutes solid football. The first half was good. We'll get into that. The defensive line, you get an F. That was that was a disgrace. That was terrible. Huh, you got carved. You got gashed. Almost every freaking run play, you got gashed up the gut. You got gashed on the corner. You got to wrap up. And I guess Reddick, you know, falls on the defensive line. I'll get into schematics. Sometimes we saw four down linemen. Sometimes we saw five down linemen. We saw a lot of three down linemen with Reddick standing up. Who, by the way, Decker had his number all day. By the way, Josh Sweat, Penesul had his ticket all day. Josh Sweat couldn't do nothing against Penesul. So, D-line, you get an F. I'll throw Reddick in the bunch. Linebackers, I got you B, C, depending if you throw Reddick in that category. I thought Kaiser White played well. We saw the tipped pass. Uh, TJ Edwards played well. I think he had a penalty. You know, the defensive backs, despite a couple mishaps, listen, say what you want about Darius Slay. I like the aggressive style of play. And he could have he could have sealed this game a long time ago with that interception that he dropped. But overall, he played very well. Bradbury with the big pick six off that Kaiser white tip. So the defense played good for the first half. But then they took the, the, the foot off the gas. And they let the Lions right back in the game. And that aggressiveness went away in the second half. Where was it, Coach Gannon? You did pretty good the first half. All right. When we come back. I told you I charted every freaking play. I got 15 pages. This is the football playbook. We're going to dive into my scouting book right after the commercial break. It's all brought to you by Ocean Casino Resorts. Buckle up. We're just getting started here on this Monday morning NFL week one recap. It's all brought to you by Ocean Casino. Stay tuned to 12 o'clock. The Sports Take guys followed by Dan Cilio. I hope they're as fired up as me. We'll be back after this. Greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. 
but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go back. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey, the largest workers' compensation law firm in Pennsylvania. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. Even better, Pond Lee Hockey doesn't charge a dime until you win. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. at it again PFB with RIC football playbook here on this September the 12th 2022 taking you up to the lunchtime hour with the sports take guys big shout out to Barrett Brooks filling in on Mac and Mac we're hoping to have Johnny Mac who uh, was in route back from the Motor City hopefully he'll pop on and talk some uh, more Eagles uh, inside the white stripes with you here today um, listen I got a lot of markings in my scouting notebook. I was locked in, and we're going to do this every Monday here on the Football Playbook, something a little bit different. Uh, if you're tired of Fugazi media coverage, then you're tuned into the right place because, man, I'm going to I'm gonna call like I see it all season long. And so to me, there's a lot of positive here to build off of week one. The positive is a lot of room for improvement. There's room for Jalen Hurts to improve. There's a lot of room on defense to improve. At some point, Nick Sariani's got to consider upgrading the defensive coordinator position. You're only as strong as your weakest link. Jonathan Gannon is the weak link on this roster, on this team, on this organization. And if Nick Sariani doesn't identify that, well, then maybe you should go call somebody like Vic Fangio, who does know a thing or two about not only defense, but also head coaching. Might help to have him there. Because Jonathan Gannon ain't doing you any favors, bro. Okay? Capiche? Big shout out to all the chat room people too. You like, like the boy uh, today on on YouTube? Come on, get my get my likes up, would you? 
because I'm about to hit them. Um, all right. So we talked about Detroit was all full of energy, full of optimism, 67,000 packed in the dome for the first time in three years. Okay. And so we saw it. The, 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 the Lions came out roaring, right? First, first drive, first play. Let's go there. First play on defense. You saw three down linemen with Reddick standing up at the line of scrimmage. Okay. And that was the formation you saw on the opening drive. Second play of the game, DeAndre Swift gashes you. Second play, bounces outside, 51-yard run. Okay, and how about Amon Ross St. Brown getting after it? Amon Ross St. Brown, all 167 pounds of them out front leading the block. I'd like to see the Eagles receivers do that. Uh, Panay Sewell. You know, they 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 switched Reddick up on Sewell, on Decker. He had no answers. Hargrave was nowhere to be found on these runs up the middle, okay? So the first drive, you know, by the way, the Lions had two false starts on the opening drive, I believe. Logan Stenberg, a backup, a, a third-string guard who was in jeopardy of making the roster just a week ago, he's out here mauling Javon Hargrave, the third-string guard, okay? Logan Stenberg. Mauling the, the Eagles, steamrolling the Eagles defense out here. Um, you know, the, the, the Lions offensive line, give them some credit. They played extremely well. And, you know, Swift got a cutback. He got loose. You know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who played his ass off, by the way, almost the entire game, he was matched up on TJ Hawkinson a lot. Hawkinson, first, first drive, gets a catch on him. Uh, Avante Maddox made a game or not a game save, a touchdown saving tackle on Jamal Williams. But guess what? Next play, Marcus Epps gets barreled on, on the goal line. Jamal Williams just barrels over Marcus Epps. And I'm going to apologize in advance to Marcus Epps because he's going to feel like my personal punching bag today. But Marcus Epps made a lot of good plays. He also made a lot of questionable plays. It's not because he did anything wrong. He's a very high effort guy. He's just limited. He's just limited from a talent perspective. In fact, I think that he was the biggest weakness of the defense yesterday. I'd be looking to continue to upgrade the safety position because now I see why there was concern. All right. Marcus Epps is only also good. Hard work can outbeat talent, but that talent can be upgraded. And there's a couple plays I'm going to point out by Marcus Epps that might open some eyes. So Marcus Epps gets run over by Jamal Williams. Okay. Nine plays, 75 yards. Lions come out on 4-4-2 drive. Smash mouth football. Ground and pound would be the theme of the day. Okay. Quez Watkins on the, on the kick return. First play on offense. We saw what the what the offense was going to be about all day. RPO, RPO, RPO. Hello, RPO. First play, it's an RPO reverse. Hertz keeps it outside. Jack Stoll with the nice block. Jack Stoll getting the start. First play of the game. Okay. Next play is out of shotgun. Aiden Hutchinson over anticipates. Okay. They get a first down run. I think ten yards. Okay, and then Detroit starts applying the pressure. Mike Hughes on the nickelbacks blitz. Isaiah Bugs 
on the blitz on the very next play. Third and 10, uh, false start on Goddard. The noise was getting to the Eagles offense. We'll talk more about that. False starts, too many men on the field, miscommunications, not able to hear in the huddle. The crowd noise was a factor. It's not all on the player's fault. Variable factors involved. Miles Sanders with a nice five-yard run. Uh, Devontae Smith with the rare drop. I know he didn't have any catches, but he he drops the ball early on in the game. Only four targets. 13 of 32 targets went to A.J. Brown. Nobody else saw more than four targets. Uh, A.J. Brown, incomplete pass. Eagles punt first possession. Jalen Hurts starts out 0 for 5, the worst start of his career. People forget that when they see the result. This was a bounce-back performance by Jalen Hurts early on. Detroit takes over at their own 41. Hassan Reddick comes with the blitz. Marcus Epps, great play. Reddick blitzes. Epps blows up the screen pass. Great play. We saw the pressure. We saw the pressure early. Hassan Reddick in on the blitz. Epps is charging. They did a lot of run blitz. So Epps was there, even though it was a screen pass. Epps blows it up. Third and six. Bradbury on St. Brown makes a great play with zero coverage. Okay. The Eagles were on an all-out blitz. Third and six. Bradbury makes the play on St. Brown. The Eagles get out of there. They show blitz often, frequent. Early, great, three and out. Good job. Good job early on. Kovey on the punt return, false start on Quez Watkins. Okay. Uh, it seems like the Eagles had some penalties there. Whenever they put somebody in motion, there seemed to be a little jumpiness. So I noticed that. Uh, Holding on Jordan Mulata. That was a play that involved pre-snap motion. There was a holding on Mulata. Just some things to keep an eye on, okay? First down pass, Aurorier, A.J. Brown. Is there a better receiver yards after the catch? Aurorier from the Lions tries to jam up A.J. Brown. It's a low pass. Brown scoops it up, keeps the chains moving, okay? Now the Eagles are driving. More RPO. Okay, Gainwell uh, out of the backfield. And I liked what I saw from Jalen Hurts taking his time at the line of scrimmage, letting the play clock come down and taking the time he needed, right, to digest and dissect the defense. It results in a Kenneth Gainwell three-yard catch. Lions are up 7-0. Okay. Second quarter we go. Second quarter we go. All right. Now we start start seeing some dropbacks. Hurts in the three-step dropback. Third and five. He connects with A.J. Brown. Yards after the catch. Third and goal, okay? Now we saw some 12 personnel with Stoll, but what was interesting, it was more of a jumbo package where Goddard and Stoll were on the same side. In fact, in the second quarter, Steichen comes with the jumbo package on back-to-back plays. It's an RPO fake to Scott, uh, pass breakup. Then it comes back 
Sanders to uh Miles Sanders runs for three, and then third and goal. Uh Goddard, no gain. And then it's fourth and goal, and it's guts versus grit, right? It's the guts versus grit. And this is what I call a bounce back drive because they go for it on fourth and goal. They get stuffed on the jumbo package. Now, they go jumbo again, same exact play, Jalen Hurts touchdown to tie it up in the second quarter. So you saw a bounce back drive. You saw the Lions go up early. You saw the Eagles offense come back after the bad start by Jalen Hurts. 0 for 5, he could have easily tucked his tail between his legs and played conservative. He didn't do that. He hits A.J. Brown. He starts dropping back. He starts finding A.J. Brown, okay? Now, the defensive side, that was a 13-play drive, 82 yards. Jalen Hurts, 6 for 7, 72 yards. Way to be, man. And that's the Jalen Hurts, like, look, you got the Vikings this week? Kirk Cousins makes $40 million a year this year. That's what a $40 million quarterback looks like. There's something to be said for competent play. You have to overpay for competent quarterback play. That's what Jalen Hurts brings to the table is competence. Don't expect him to be this drop back, read through progression passer. It's not happening. Not happening. But there's something to be said for competent quarterback play. That's what you saw here. Okay. All right. So now we're still in the second quarter. Okay. And we saw the miscommunication. We saw the crowd noise. Okay. Kind of mess up the Eagles flow. So there was 12 players in the huddle. You know, there's a penalty. It goes from third and one to third and six. This is early on in the second quarter. Costly penalty, okay. Lions bring the heat. All-out blitz, overload to one side. In comes uh, Tracy Walker, who I thought was the heart and soul of this defense before he got ejected. We'll get to that. Tracy Walker was making plays. He was living in the backfield. He was bringing that heat, okay. So you see here, costly penalty goes from third and one. Too many men on the field to third and six. Lions not playing any games. They go all out blitz. Okay. Lions get the ball back with 10-04 in the second quarter. And, you know, Hawkinson, you saw Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. You saw Darius Slay. First and 10 makes a big pass breakup. Okay. Now, Jared Goff, three-step drop. Incomplete pass, uh, TJ Edwards with the tip, Marcus Epps on the coverage, okay. Goff had him, couldn't find him. Epps and Chauncey Gardner making a lot of hands on the balls, pass deflections. And here we go in the second quarter, the pressure is still coming. And believe it or not, the Eagles force a third straight three and out. The defense is dominating up until this point. That's why I said they for about 20 minutes, they played solid defense. The third straight three and out after giving up that first drive score. They go three and out on the Lions three consecutive times. They get the ball back, okay? 
Second quarter, A.J. Brown slant, first down. Miles Sanders draw, plus 14. They do the same exact play. Miles Sanders with another eight. And basically what is happening here is Jalen Hurts, again, is reading one side of the – he's reading the outside edge, and he's deciding whether or not to let Miles take the ball or shall he keep it. Take the ball or keep it. Read one side of the field. Read that outside backer. What's he doing? We'll give it to Miles Sanders. Back-to-back runs, 14 and 8. Sets up a second and two. Okay. And there's Rodrigo. (laughs) Malcolm Rodriguez in with the blitz. More pressure. So that brings up third and two. RPO again. Fake to Miles Sanders, finds Goddard for 25 yards, first down. More blitzing from the Lions, Hutchinson and Harris. Hutchinson didn't have a sack, but he was back there. Okay, now there's a penalty, delay of game. Another delay of game. And I saw Seriani now arguing with the ref, saying that the play clock was never reset. However... This was poor awareness. This is one of the rare mistakes Jalen Hurts made. Now, first game, on the road, loud crowd. However, a veteran quarterback, oh, it, I mean, they got play clocks at the back of the end zone in every freaking stadium these days. Jalen, got to be aware. Got to be aware of that play clock. I don't care if the refs gypped you. You got to know where it's at. You got to know where the play clock is at. So I thought that was poor awareness, a costly penalty. Okay. Now, Miles Sanders picks up a run, and the Lions come back 12 players on the field. So it was for both squads. All right. We'll give we'll give some leeway here. Um, but the RPO was strong. Sanders up the gut. First touchdown in two years. Uh, Jason Kelsey and Dickerson just – Demolished Michael Brockers. They blew Detroit off the line of scrimmage. Uh, Kelsey and Dickerson did. They, they 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 really got some knockback on that Miles Sanders touchdown run his first in two years. And Miles Sanders played well. I think what you saw here with the way they divvied up the snap counts and the carries, it's exactly how you want to get Miles Sanders through the season. Little bit of this, little bit of that. Little bit of this, little bit of Kenny Gainwell. Little bit of Boston Scott. Miles Sanders, 40 snaps, Kenny Gainwell, 23, Boston Scott, 13. I like it. Probably a reason why they scored four rushing touchdowns with four different players the first time since 1961. The first time since Sonny Jerkison. The first time since you got to go back pre-Super Bowl. Since the last time that happened. This is 2022. Running the ball still wins in the NFL, apparently. So Eagles are up 14 to 7 at this point, 734 left in the half. Jared Goff at this point in time was three for nine. The Eagles defense was doing what they had to do. Jared Goff was three for nine with six passing yards and coming off three, three and outs. The pressure was there. The defense was there. You play like that the first 23 minutes. Play that way the rest of the year, Jonathan Gannon. I won't be calling Vic Fangio. That's the defense I want to see. Now, Lions come back, man. Give this team credit. They they continue to fight. Um, you know, DeAndre Swift, the Philly kid, 
you know, Sariani credited him in the post game. Um, you know, Slay and Epps had him wrapped up. Penalty on TJ Hawkinson. Second and 16 now. This is where the Eagles bring the pressure again. This is, again, around 734 in the second quarter. After the Hawkinson penalty, they get backed up now. Second and 16. This is where pressure comes into play because you get Jared Goff under duress. Take notes, Eagles, because this is where you want Kirk Cousins on the ropes. You want him on the ropes. And this is where you had him. Jared Goff, okay? He drops back under pressure and throws an interception that's deflected by Kaiser White to Apolitulo with the pressure up the middle, forces the bad pass, forces the bad pass deflection, tip ball drill, James Bradbury, there's a party in the end zone, pick six, 21-7. His 16th career interception, his first career pick six for Mr. Bradbury, welcome to Philly, 21-7. Now we're looking like a defense, now we're looking like a complete team. This is what we wanted to see. This is the game that Jody Mack said we're going to be on the recliner with our feet kicked up at halftime, drinking the soda pop and Kool-Aid. It was all going according to plan. So far, so good. What happened? Well, you know, the Eagles defense, they get about 50 seconds to breathe. They're right back after the Bradbury turnover. Okay, and they come back. Jared Goff is three for 10 at this point. And the Eagles do one of their run blitz schemes. Okay, four down linemen with Reddick standing up on the line of scrimmage. Four down linemen, Reddick standing up. Okay. And second and nine, DJ Chark for five. Uh, Darius Slay playing that zone coverage, keeps them within close corridors. It sets up a third and four. Now the Eagles go five down linemen. They play a 5-2 front, okay? They go 5-2, and Josh Reynolds burns Marcus Epps on a seam route for 28 yards. There's Marcus Epps again, liability. Marcus Epps is a liability. Josh Reynolds, who wasn't on the team when they played a year ago, he beats Epps for 28 yards, sets up a first and 10. Guess what? Gannon's still bringing the pressure at this point. Avante Maddox blitz, first and 10, three-step drop. Avante Maddox is there. Bam! Incomplete pass to DJ Chark. Darius Slay on the coverage. It's still working. It's still working up until this point. Now they do another run blitz. Uh, DeAndre Swift gains 12, right? They go back to the three-down linemen now. They, they alleviate some of the pressure. And on this one with the three down linemen, they bring Derek Barnett, who was another one who he was banged up in this game. I think he only played 12 snaps. This was before he left with a knee injury for some time. But Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, had, who had a really solid game, makes the first down. Okay. Uh, Detroit drives, you know, Marcus Epps on the run blitz. Along with Jordan Davis and Hassan Reddick, they stuffed DeAndre Swift on a third and one. And then on fourth and one, the Lions go for it. Okay. The Eagles bring six down linemen. 
And this is why the defensive line gets a failure. F. Because you had six down linemen. And DeAndre Swift goes untouched for an outside touchdown run. 21-14. Okay? 21-14 now with 133 left in the half. You were up 21-7. 21-7. Suddenly now a one-score game because you can't stop the run. Guess what? Dalvin Cook is going to run for 300 yards if you don't shore up this run defense, okay? Talk about yards after contact. The Eagles can't – they got a hard enough time just making contact. Never mind yards after contact. They're going to be in trouble if they don't shore up this run defense, okay? So two-minute drill. Jalen Hurts comes in, runs the two-minute drill. Gainwell plus six. Screen pass for another first down. Uh, then we see Tracy Walker again. Safety blitz overload. Okay, they get to hurt. Second and 14. Now, thanks, Dan Campbell. Thank you, the number one cheerleader in the NFL, Mr. Dan Campbell. Thank you. Can I have another, please? <laughs> this guy calls timeout. Okay. With 54 seconds left in the half, Dan Campbell calls a timeout. Well, hey, Nick Sariani says, thank you very much, coach. What a terrible timeout call on second and 14. Tracy Walker, sack, blitz. You got the momentum. The Eagles say, okay, you know what? We'll give it a go. We'll give it a shot. We'll come back four wide. You didn't see four wide too often in this game. Hertz goes four wide. And then it picks up 10 yards after Hutchinson and Comiskey come in on the on the on the on the rush. This is when Detroit went to NASCAR. They had their four best pass rushers, four defensive ends on the front line, and Hertz gashed them. Little taste of their own medicine. Hertz picks up 10 yards on the NASCAR package. Detroit stays in the NASCAR. AJ Brown beats Willie Harris for that big 54-yard play off of the play action, all because of the Dan Campbell timeout. And Philly, you know, Detroit thought they had something for that ass. And Philly just ran right through the NASCAR package. So kudos to the offensive line for that. A.J. Brown, he's just the man-child carrying people in to the end zone with him. And first and goal on the four-yard line, it's another shotgun RPO. Now the Eagles take a timeout with 18 seconds, incomplete to uh, Gainwell. He drops a touchdown pass. Blown opportunity there by Gainwell. Third and goal, uh, Isaiah Bugs, who was in the backfield frequently, he bats down a pass. And this is where, uh, you know, occasionally you say, Jalen, what are you thinking? This was this was where Jalen Hurts looked like a deer in headlights for one play. It was like, dar, 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 dar. What are you doing? Dar, dar, dar. He just, he's lucky. There's a reason why Isaiah Bugs played defensive line. Because if he had any kinds of hands, he would have interceptable. I think it was thrown right to him. He was a little bit shocked. So Hertz lives to see another day. Bad pass. Dropped touchdown by Gainwell. Hertz then stares down his receiver. That was a big W for the Lions going into halftime, I felt. Big, big W. Going into halftime, Elliot 
Ty uh, puts it up 24-14. We go into halftime, okay? Up until this point, the Eagles' defense is looking pretty good. Offense leaves some points on the board, but it's okay. You got a double-digit lead going into halftime on the road. Offensive play calling is simplistic but good. Defensive play calling is solid. Pressure, I like it. Different blitzers. You saw Epps blitz. You saw Maddox blitz. You saw Reddick blitz. You saw Graham blitz. So far, so good, guys. What happened? What happened? Let's go to the second hand. Okay. Whew. At halftime, by the way, Philadelphia, 296 yards to the Lions, 172. Not bad, considering Hurts started off 0 for 5, considering the Lions started with the ball. I mean, the Eagles were dominating this game. They outgained the Lions by 100 yards at halftime. They had 300 of the 466 yards in this game at halftime. So third quarter, okay, um, we get some screen passes. We get a first down pass to A.J. Brown. Eagles start off out of the gates. Gainwell runs for a first down. Gainwell uh, plus two RPO. A lot of RPOs, RPOs, RPOs. All right, let's fast forward. Third quarter, okay? Third quarter. We got a timeout by Detroit on a first and 10. Um, okay, Detroit calls timeout, and this would be a big timeout because right after this timeout with 11.34 in the third quarter, Miles Sanders has a big, one of many big runs. He, he, he gashes the Lions for a big 24-yard gain. But, again, we saw mistakes by the Lions team captains. Alex Anzalone, veteran player, good player, unnecessary roughness, tacks on another 15 yards to this 24-yard run. It's a gain of 39 after Detroit calls the timeout, gives the Eagles some momentum here. Suddenly it's first and 10. From the 14, Hurts QB sneak for nine. Gainwell up the middle, first down. Gainwell power left. Tenth play of the drive. Eagles go up 31-14. 17-point lead. Looking good. Looking real good at this point. Can't keep up with the chat today, but shout out to Margany e. Wilson Jr., new member. Welcome aboard. Buckle up. Hit the like button if you like this. We're going to do this every Monday. The scouting notebook here on the football playbook. Rick Saratella chopping it up, breaking it down for you here today. No, no Fugazi. No Fugazi here. All right. 31-14. At this point, the Eagles are winning the third down battle. That's what it's about, winning the third down battle. The Eagles 8 for 12. The Lions 2 for 6 at this point in time. 31-14 with 10-21 left in the third quarter. The Eagles are dominating the game still. This is still an Eagle domination. Now, we go Lions ball. They start driving. Hawkinson, you know, we had C Chauncey Gardner-Johnson on Hawkinson. Goff calls an audible. Uh, Jamal Williams stuffed by Hassan Reddick up the middle. They don't call – they don't uh, – 
get fooled by the audible. Third and 10, three down linemen plus Reddick up, standing up on the front. They seemed like they got burned in the run game with these three down linemen. Reddick standing up. Uh, Swift goes for 20 yards. First and 10, stuffed by Fletcher Cox. Second and eight, uh, Jamal Williams drops a screen pass. Derek Barnett goes down. And this is where the fr- the fracas happens. Uh, you see Jared Goff, Fletcher Cox getting into it. Uh, you know, some other Eagles there involved. Penalty, right? Penalty. And um, penalty on Fletcher Cox. So now... Uh, This is where Detroit comes back and Darius Slay drops the interception. This is highlighted on my stat sheet with another blown opportunity. He drops the interception. This could have sealed the deal. Okay. This could have made it 38-14. Sayonara. Icing on the cake, but he drops the pass. Lions, give him credit. They fought to the very end. They bounced back. Hawkinson takes a screen pass for 16 run, 16 yards, runs over that guy, Marcus Epps, again. I'm telling you, Marcus Epps is a liability. I'm just telling you guys. He's going to cost this Eagles defense. So Hawkinson takes a 16-yard pass, runs over Epps. Amon Rod uh, St. Brown drops a pass. Third and seven, Goff runs for a first down, number 29 on the missed tackle. A lot of missed tackles in this game. Jamal Williams up the middle, play action. Second and goal, Jared Goff off the mark again. Had Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds had Bradbury beat. Play action, Goff misses him. Guess what? Jared Goff recognizes where the weakness is on this defense. You know where he goes? He picks on that man again, Marcus Epps. Amon Ross St. Brown on the slant route. Marcus Epps can't cover it. Instead of being 38-14, they let him off the hook. They let him off the hook, 31-21. It's now a 10-point game, but guess what? Dan Campbell gifts you an onside kick. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach. I mean, cheerleader Campbell. (laughs) Now, I get it. This team almost upset the Rams, I think, last year with a couple onside kicks and trichanery. Week one, bro, you better get your ducks in order because you were in this game, Dan Campbell, and you let them right back in it. 31-21, you give the Eagles every opportunity at, at, at midfield. Uh, first play, short field, hurts, tucks and runs, seven yards. They come out with the trips right. This is the first time I saw that. Trips right on second and three. It's a screen pass to A.J. Brown, negative two yards. Big shout out to Jeff Okuda coming back off of that ACL. He missed all of last year, former, former first-round pick out of Ohio State. He's the big responsibility reason why. Devonta Smith had zero catches. Jeffrey Okuda, who was matched up on both Okuda and Brown, he did a great job shutting down uh, Devonta Smith. He does a great job here shutting down the screen pass on A.J. Brown. 
Okay. Now, this is where the crowd comes into it, for better or for worse, for the Lions, because now it's a critical third down. Okay. Empty set backfield, four wide, four wide on third and five. The crowd noise is amped up. And here comes Walker, Tracy Walker, team captain. Okay. And not called for one, but two flags. This is where, okay, you saw some of the tension built up from Fletcher Cox. I think it spilled over here. Zach Pascal in the fray, Dallas Goddard, Boston Scott. Yo, that's my quarterback. Gotta love the feisty fight from this Eagles team. That's my quarterback. Tracy Walker gets ejected, which I don't know if I necessarily agree with, but he's gone. He's out of here. Big loss for the Lions. Big loss for the Lions because I thought Tracy Walker was the heart and soul of this defense. So he's out of there. Eagles come back. Boston Scott up the gut. That gives you four different Eagles to score a touchdown. BYOB, bring your own blocker. And the Eagles go up 38-21 to 21 with 141 left in the third quarter. Okay? Derek Barnett, I told you, he leaves the game temporarily with a left knee injury. Okay, so while he's out of the game, uh, boss, uh, Detroit gets the ball back, and they probably have their best drive of the game here, okay, towards the end of the third quarter, Swift for four, play action, Amon Ross St. Brown for 28, uh, Eagles in that cushion zone coverage. This is where Gannon took his foot off the pedal. This is where Gannon started to ease back and play almost a prevent style of defense. Drop back, let Amon Ross St. Brown pick up 28. Lions say, okay, you want to play zone? We'll go empty set. Goff goes deep. Penalty, holding on TJ Edwards. Eagles defense now out of their comfort zone. Uh, now, Amon Ross St. Brown, for all the good, he heard the footsteps, dropped past Avante Maddox, heard the footsteps. But TJ Hawkinson comes back and gains a first down on Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to end the third quarter. So the Lions now down 17, going into the fourth quarter, have some momentum. Nick Sariani challenges that catch, by the way. Loses the challenge. He did pretty well last year on challenges. Loses the challenge. Okay, loses a timeout. So now they go DeAndre Swift screen. Makes Javon Hargrove look silly. Like, yo, what the daily, Javon? Come on, bro. Buckle up. Come on, son. Javon Hargrave played terrible. Marcus Epps played horrible. These two guys, I mean, I'm looking at how to incorporate Jordan Davis more. That's That goes without saying. I don't know what they're going to do at safety. Lions now go jumbo package down at the goal line. They bring in the extra offensive linemen, and they just ram it down the defensive line's throats. Jamal Williams gets them within striking distance again, 38-28. The Eagles had no answer for the Lions jumbo package. All right. 
Now, this was interesting. Fourth quarter, fourth quarter, A.J. Brown back on the kick return team with Quez Watkins. Little kick return safety just in case. I like it. I like it. Now, Philly only had one timeout remaining here going into the fourth. Delay of game, second time for Jalen Hurts. Penalty, second time. You know, you've got to be, I think the, the game clock ran out. So you've got to be more aware moving forward. Week one, we're working out the kinks. Home sellout crowd, a lot of optimism. We'll give them a buy. But as the season wears on, Hertz has got to do a better job of the clock management. He's got to do a better job of realizing how many men are on the field. Okay. So third and 11, seven-man rush from Detroit again. Uh, the Eagles go three and out. Detroit gets the ball back. Okay. DeAndre Swift now kicks it up a notch. He drags Marcus Epps. I have a 19-yard run. And DeAndre Swift drags him for about five yards. You know, Fletcher Cox, uh, again, out of place. And James Bradbury um, on Josh Reynolds, you know, blown opportunity there. So, you know, the Lions still in the game, still in the fight. And DeAndre Swift, he was running inside. He was running outside. Jared Goff. Um, Incomplete pass, Bradbury with strong coverage, Hawkinson penalty uh, by Chauncey Gardner-Johnson keeps the Lions in the in the hunt, and then the the DJ Chark catch to put the Lions within 38-35. It was great coverage by uh, Darius Slay. I don't think you could play it much better than that. He did the best he could. It was just a better play by DJ Chark. So 38-35, the Lions score 14 unanswered. And now the Eagles start sweating. Biggest play of the game with 341 remaining in the fourth quarter. Okay, the Eagles, third and one, up until this point. Uh, they run Goddard in motion pre-snap. Miles Sanders with the second effort. Great vision, 24-yard gain. This, to me, was the play of the day up until that point. Takes him to the two-minute warning. And then, you know, Boston Scott does his thing and uh, bear crawls for the first down, you know, and that's how it would be iced out uh, after the fourth and one call from their own 40. Give Sirianni credit for this. If you give him credit for anything, he believes in Jalen Hurts, and he believes in his offense. Not sure how much he knows about defense, but fourth and one on your own 40. Jalen Hurts over the top, ices the game, and that, that's how it would break down. But I just wanted to point out some of the deficiencies there, especially on defense. I will give the offense a little bit, little bit of a pass, working out the kinks, crowd noise, on the road, Deafening noise. You heard, uh, I think, A.J. Brown or somebody post-game said, I couldn't even hear what Jalen was saying in the huddle. But, man, he was cool and poised and ready for war. And, and Hurts played well. This is what you want Hurts to do. 17 carries, 
hey, it's week one. He's got to be able to feel a little bit more comfortable staying in the pocket a little bit longer, though, for this team to win in the long run. So that's your week one breakdown. Okay. A uh, lot of lot of concern on the defensive side of the ball. I think this offense will be okay if they stay healthy. I want to see more of the four wide. I want to see more of the trips right. Even though the one time they did it, it didn't work out. They got blown up two-yard screen pass. I want to see uh, more diversity on the offense. We saw it in the run game. Four different runners, four different ways to score. Uh, no touchdowns through the air. That's okay. They did what they had to do to pull out the W, but I'm just telling you, this is not championship football on defense. Not championship football on defense. Javon Hargrave, I would say Marcus Epps are the two biggest culprits after this week one, but it's only week one. Okay. So there's your breakdown uh, for the Lions and Eagles. Okay, we just broke it down all four quarters of football. I can't believe we got an hour of power in the books. One hour down, another hour to go. Xander, was that segment long enough for you? I hope so, brother. When we come back, we'll break it down a little bit more, take a look at some of these numbers, take a look at other areas where the Eagles did well, other areas where the Eagles can improve. Hey, we got Tone behind the scenes. We'll pop him onto the stream, get his take on, on the Eagles week one. He's looking all fresh to death with the new haircut, NFL week one. Hey, one hour down, another hour to go. It's the football playbook taking you up to noon Eastern for the sports take guys, followed by Dan Cilio. It's all brought to you by the East Ocean Casino and Resorts in Atlantic City, your home for the Atlantic City Jazz Festival this weekend, your home for Eagles and pre-postgame coverage, your home for Jacob Sports here on YouTube. We'll be back right after this. My wife was in an accident that changed our lives forever. She was in rehabilitation for years. She had to learn to walk again. She couldn't take care of herself. We couldn't afford a nurse. We were running out of options. One conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. They understood what we were going through and immediately helped us navigate the legal process. We can't thank them enough. Pond Lee Hockey, tell us your story. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say... But as I always say... It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. 
Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Again, it's football playbook with Rick Serratella. like it is when it comes to real football talk here on the Jacob Sports Channel. Uh, hour two of the football playbook taking you up to the sports take guys at noon. It's all brought to you by the Ocean Casino and Resorts. And man, I'm all riled up over here. I'm starting to lose my voice because I'm yelling at uh, Jonathan Gannon. But uh, we're so uh, honored and privileged to get... Uh, one of the hardest working beat writers in the industry on with us here today, making his football playbook debut. It's Johnny Mac, John McMullen, checking in from his road travels. Good morning, Mac, man. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well, Rick. I'm in an Uber. So, <laughs> well, we appreciate, we appreciate the time. Hopefully the Krause boys got you flying first class to and from Detroit working all these hours. Ah, you got the little planes going to Detroit. So, you know, there's only there's only a couple first class seats. I haven't made it there yet. Yeah, the, well, it, it might have been the Jacob Sports private jet. Who knows? Uh, but hey, you are uh, just coming back from that week one matchup with the Eagles and Lions, obviously there in the Motor City. Sold out crowd for the uh, Ruckus fans in Detroit. First home sellout, I think, in about three years. And you know, they punched the Eagles in the mouth pretty good. The Eagles took everything they had. Good news, they get the W. Maybe even better news, a lot of room for improvement here. That was not a championship-caliber team, but they get off to a good start. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you didn't like. Well, number one, I, I, I think the environment you mentioned there was uh, underrated, underreported, whatever you want to call it. The Eagles had a really, really difficult time dealing with it we all did i did at halftime i it was absurdly loud um and that's typically not uh, a lions game let's be honest they haven't been good for a while and if they ever do get good that is going to be a tough place to play uh on a weekly basis it is and, and that's one of the things i i've been trying to tell jody you know week one um where everybody's still hyped up is a lot, a lot different from Halloween, you know, when they were 0 and 7, 0 and 8, whatever they were, and the Eagles uh, ran over them. Um, it was always going to be much more difficult. I didn't think it was going to be that quite that difficult, but 
I do think they had a, a, a really tough time uh, with the noise. And we know Eagles fans, right? They usually take over uh, opposing stadiums. Of all places, I said, well, it'll be easy to take over Detroit. They didn't take it over. There were very few Eagle fans there. And it was it was very difficult um, for the offense to deal with from a communication standpoint. And, hey, it's good. They still look at all the points they rung up. They still got 31 points, and you had to pick six as well. Um, so from that standpoint, that's all positive defensively. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like Aaron Rodgers. I know it's coming. I, I mean, it's overreaction Monday. It's week one. So that times it by 100. Uh, and so I want to print out the relaxed T-shirts. Relax. It's one week. Um, and it was, as I said, it was a, a very energetic uh, crowd, very raucous crowd, energetic environment. Yeah, I mean, if you want to kill Jonathan Gannon, I think kill him for – um, not adjusting quickly enough. It, it was evident very early that they could not stop their running game with a 40 front, with a four-man front. And they did a pretty good job when they did the five-man front, and they went away. From, they didn't use it enough. And that, I think, is a legitimate criticism. Other than that, just be happy they got out there with the win. But that's the thing, right? Expectations come with that a heavy burden and that heavy burden is expectations a win doesn't matter you were supposed to beat the lions like you beat them last year and that was never going to happen so i yeah relax that's what i'm telling the people relax well you know listen some of us you know thought this was going to be a cruise control game up by 17 yeah exactly and that's the problem (laughs) Well, they were up, Mac. They were up by 17, had entered the fourth quarter, and then it, it seemed like you mentioned they got away from the five-man fronts. It's almost like Gannon took his foot off the gas pedal. And I got to ask you, they they couldn't stop the run, but then they refused to put Jordan Davis in the game. Javon Hargrave got pushed around like nobody's business in the trenches there. Uh, why was it, was Jordan Davis just not ready? Was the uh, Eagles defense not creative enough to incorporate them into the game plan. Will we see more or the same against the Vikings in week two there? Well, I, I, they better figure it out quick. I mean, they have to play Jordan Davis. Uh, so, you know, maybe you want to defer uh, to veteran players uh, early in the season. Um, but look, if your rookie's your best option, you got to play the rookie. I realize a lot of coaches don't like playing younger players. Um, there's some startup costs, as Jim Schwartz would always say, but get them over with. Get them over with as quickly as possible. Jay, that was the issue with Javon Hargrave last year. He was very good uh, as an interior pass rusher, very poor in run support. And then he's coming into week one this year. He barely had a, a, a preseason. So we talked about the Eagles as a whole, you know, and, and their scaled back sort of preparation. Well, he was injured for the vast majority of it and, and and basically just came back last week to practice and he clearly wasn't ready and they kept rolling him out there. So, yeah, I mean, that part of it, I, I think, is legitimate criticism of Jonathan Gannon. A lot of the other stuff is just, yeah, first of all, and I, I, I tried to tell people, 
number one, Frank Ragnow is the best center in football, the best center in football when he's healthy. And the Eagles knew that, and the Eagles understand what type of player he is. Now, he had some groin issues uh, uh, coming into the game, and there was a question if he'd even play. So maybe they felt uh, a little bit uh, like he wouldn't. Uh, but once he's out there, you got to account for him. And you saw him dominate. Uh, and, you know, that offensive line as a whole is is the strength of their team. And, you know, you had Decker's back and, and Panay Sewell's in the second year. Um, Jackson's a pretty good player. And, and they were missing Vitae, obviously, and then even Tommy Kramer. So that was the part where you thought maybe the Eagles could make some hay, but they couldn't. Uh, but, but again, I, I think the average fan in Philadelphia has no idea how good that offensive line is. And and they assumed they were going to show up and see the same team they saw 44-6 last year. Ragnar was gone. Decker was gone. Not the same team. And that's kind of what happened. John McMullen here on the Football Playbook, host of Birds 365 here on Jacob Sports Media, as well as a beat reporter for Eagles today on Sports Illustrated. I want to stick on that offensive line versus the uh, <clears throat> Eagles defense, defensive front because, yeah, you're right. They played outstanding. At the same time, they were down to their third-string guard with Logan Stenberg on the interior. But you mentioned Penay, <clears throat> Sewell, and Decker on the outside. Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick seemed like they had no answer. And even when they were trying to get after the quarterback, they were unable to uh, consistently. Now, Gannon – Ditch disguised some uh, schemes there in the first half. We saw Avante Maddox blitz. We saw Derek Barnett uh, in on a blitz. We even saw Reddick on a handful of plays. But then in the second half, uh, the pass rush seemed to evaporate. Uh, I don't know if that five down front, you know, a lot of times they went three down linemen with Reddick standing up on the outside. And, you know, he, he was nowhere to be found except for on the back of a milk carton, it seemed like. Yeah, that that that's probably my biggest concern is that that four man front, which is supposed to be, you know, we all thought coming into it they would use uh, the five man uh, front, whatever you want to call it, uh, three, you know, if you want to call it a three four with the uh, the overhang players. Um, either way, uh, it it it's a five man front. It's a big Fangio front. And, and we thought Jordan Davis would be the key to that. And that would be the early down way they went about things. Uh, and then if you get people in third and seven or, or third and seven plus, you would go back to the, what you were just talking about the, the four man front with Hassan Radek is essentially playing uh, defensive end, but usually as a stand up player, uh, you know, a NASCAR package, if you want to call it that. And look, those guys got outplayed. Um, and uh, again, but, you know, <laughs> again, people don't realize those those two tackles uh, are, are really good. And now Sewell's still young, but we know how much t talent he has. And he's getting better and better. Uh, and Decker's a very good player. Um you're not going to see that every week. I, and that's hard for people to believe uh, that the Detroit Lions have one of the best tackle tandems you're going to see. Um, now, Minnesota's up next. They have good tackles as well. So 
But, you know, as you go down uh, the list of teams, it's not always going to be that way. Uh, and it's sort of like I, I always laugh when people say the Eagles struggled against good quarterbacks last year. Well, most teams struggle against good quarterbacks and they make hay against bad quarterbacks. Same thing with other positions. Most teams struggle uh, when they're facing good offensive tackles. You see it all the time uh, against the Eagles with Jordan Mailata and Lane Johnson. Other teams struggle when they're playing those guys. Um, the Lions were a little bit better than people gave them credit for at certain positions, and the Eagles had problems with, with certain issues and, and weren't able to, to run away. And they, and they had the game in hand, and, and that's probably the most disappointing part, that they let him back in the football game because Jared Goff is not a strength. Um, that receiving core is not a strength. So I'm more concerned uh, about, uh, to be honest, about the safeties. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's a, I think it's still we've, – we've all kind of said – and I, I like Marcus Epps as a player – uh, but he's unproven. He's never limited. been a starter in the NFL. Yeah. Limited. Chauncey, I would say he's limited. Yeah. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's been here for 10 days, and everybody's like, you played the whole game. He missed, I think, two snaps. But, mm -hmm. well, good for him. He was able to get out there, but wasn't effective at all times, nor should it have been when you only have 10 days to prepare. Um, so I'm a little bit concerned uh, about the safeties, particularly um, – and then even Slay got beat on the touchdown. So you don't expect that to happen. Uh, that was a good throw, good route. And sometimes you got to tip your cap to the other team. No doubt about it. I mean, listen, that's as a, a good of offensive line as the Eagles will face all season. This Amon Ross St. Brown now, don't sleep on him. He's a good little player. He's just the fifth player in NFL history with eight catches in seven consecutive games. He came on like a gangbuster down the stretch of the season. And when they get Jamison Williams back in the second half to go along with DJ Chark, this Lions team is going to be in some games. So I agree with you. Hey, I'm looking for a safety if I'm the Eagles. Marcus Epps' hard work mentality can only take you so far. I have some good, but I have more bad than good. He got dragged on a couple runs. I think he let Amon Ra St. Brown uh, score one of those touchdowns on a slant pass. So I agree. Marcus Epps to me, Javon Hargrave up front, those were kind of the two big concerning factors on the defensive side of the ball. I'm not going to beat up Slay too much for that touchdown catch. Sometimes, you know, you just you make a good play and the opponent just sometimes makes a better play. So that's the state of the defense. I say, hey, Vic Fangio, have him on line one, ready to go, whether that's <laughs> – We're already getting JG fired. Well, yeah, <laughs> let, let me tell you, Vic has already been here a bunch of times. Vic's not taking JG's job, so people can forget about that. You well, know, maybe, maybe as a consultant or something, as an advisor or something, we need some help on this defense. Yeah, uh, but I, I think, you know, I, I, I think people don't understand – like the whole philosophy, which they don't like, is remember that's that's the problem with Philadelphia Ben. They don't like the philosophy. They don't like the lack of aggression. Well, you could you could swap out Jonathan Gannon tomorrow for Vic Fangio, and 
you know, Vic is Vic is the the author of this scheme. So the scheme's not changing. He might do it a little bit better because he created it. But the whole goal of Vic Fangio's scheme, which half the league is playing, is four-man rush, cover seven, cover eight, if you can, to be honest, uh, 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 disguise coverage until the snap of the football and then sort of spin off into whatever you're going to play, cover two quarters, um, could be cover six. Uh, most of it's zone. So it's a big name. People like it. They're running his scheme. So the, the, the sentiment is not, would not change if you swap out those two names. All right. Fair enough. John McMullen here, host of the birds 365 on Jacob sports from eight to 10, right before the football playbook, taking you up to noon Eastern <clears throat> until the sports take guys, excuse me. All right. Let's shift gears. Hey, John, cameraman. Yeah, was that hey. I can't tell. No, nah, you're all good. We lost Rick Saratella, but, you know, let's try to continue on with the show until we can get him back in the mix. So, um, yeah, this this Eagles team, they, you know, a lot of the fans are clamoring for a change at defensive coordinator. Like you said, this, this organization, well, these fans, they are not a fan of the overall philosophy that Jonathan Gannon is employing. Now, where do they go from here? I know Jordan Davis didn't get as many snaps as we thought, but I think something has to give. Uh, you know, these DBs are playing off. What can change? What can be improved? Like like Rick said, there's a lot to improve on, but where do you think it begins for the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, I, I it, They're not changing the scheme. So, uh, you know, you have to utilize the talent better. That was uh, my main takeaway. And the fact that obviously Jordan Davis is, is, is the, the, the number one name. Now, maybe, you know, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe, uh, maybe he's trying to send a message to a young player. Uh, ultimately, the Eagles did what they did in the draft and, and he's going to be on the field. I think there was a, uh, not not quite like a, a fan base sentiment, but there was a sentiment, and, and, and I talked about it and I wrote about it last week before the game. There's kind of a haughtiness about the Eagles uh, going into this game, uh, and maybe they were a little bit too confident, um, and, and, and they thought they could get away uh, with using these, these 40 fronts with Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave and stop the run they didn't think uh, Detroit was good enough um, to skill position players more than the offensive line. Um, and they were wrong. And that that was my biggest testament. They didn't adjust quickly enough. They actually, and I got to watch the game again, but um, they actually did a pretty good job on first look when they had the five-man fronts. 
uh, stopping the run. They just didn't do it enough. Um, and, and that's, you know, part of that overconfidence to think, oh, we don't have to do it this week. Um, and I think they ended up being wrong, obviously, uh, by the way DeAndre Swift ran the football. Yeah, and that goes back to what Jason Kelsey was trying to, you know, get across to his team that we haven't won anything yet. The expectations are, are going to get the best of us if we don't come in and strap up and lace up and play hard like everyone else. And, you know, the most important thing is to respect every single opponent, despite what you may think they are or, or, or what they were in the previous season. It's a new season. It's a new day. And these teams are fighting to improve. The Detroit Lions are like any other organization. They want to improve and you could see it in their mentality. Yeah, and 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 especially on the offensive line, and you know, it it, it in, in many ways, I think because they lost Vitai, uh, who we know very well, is probably the worst of their offensive linemen. Um, and then they lost his backup, and I thought that furthered sort of the sentiment. Well, you know, they're playing their third string uh, uh, right guard, and you're ignoring that the All Pro center's back. You're ignoring the top ten pick at at at, at right tackle, the top, the first, you know, guy who's been a good player for years, Decker, uh, at the other tackle. And, and then Jackson is, is a good player as well. And, and for whatever reason, I kept trying, you probably heard me Tone. I kept trying to tell people, I said that offensive line, when Ragnow is in there, they are tough to deal with. And maybe he was hurt as well. He had a groin issue. He didn't practice on Thursday. So there was, this thought that maybe wasn't going to play. Maybe the Eagles fell into that trap. But again, as I told Rick, once he was out there and once he started to dominate, you got to adjust more quickly and say, all right, what we thought was going to be a strength has turned into a deficiency. And that's why you got to get uh, Davis. And, 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 and by the way, one of the few bright spots on defense was Marlon Tui Pelotu because he had a he had a good game. Who saw that coming? Uh, yeah, nobody. And you know, when those two were out there together, they they had no issues stopping the run. Uh, but they weren't out there together enough. Um, and look, it's very hard when you have a player like Javon Hargrave who makes the Pro Bowl. And, and has this big season from an interior uh, pass rushing standpoint, um, it's hard to go up to him and tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, Javon, you know, you're a great pass rusher, but you're but not you can't very play good against the run. <laughs> you know, I, there, it's, it's so funny you say that. There are, you know, and I, I have a couple more questions for you before you start to close out, um, close out this segment. But, you know, you bring up a good point, right? You know, he's a good pass rusher, but he's a liability in the run game. And at what point do you tap a guy on the shoulder, like you just said, and say, hey, look, man, I love you to death, but you're not you're not getting it done this game. We we have to go with the young guy right here. Yeah, I mean, I think it should have happened yesterday. So I think I, I do, you know, it, it's, it's show business. It's not show friends, they say. So, I, I mean, sometimes you got to play the bad guy as a coach uh, in this league. And sometimes you got to say, you know what, even if you frame it like a pitcher, uh, starting pitcher, you know, sometimes you don't have it on a given day mm -hmm. um, and they're giving up home run after home run. You go take the baseball. Same thing's got to apply in football. And it was pretty clear that the Eagles could not stop. And, and by the way, it wasn't just Javon Hargrave. It, it, it was the whole sort of 
uh, 40 front they were using. Remember, Hassan Reddick is a very, very undersized player if he's going to play on the edge uh, in, in run support. Kaiser White is a tremendously undersized linebacker. Correct. Uh, Marcus Epps, we talked about, uh, and what didn't look the greatest in, in run support. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's not even, a, a, you know, he's played nickelback for most of his career. Um, <laughs> the Eagles, and, and what I thought they were going to do, and, and this was my biggest disappointment, I thought they were going to utilize the personnel they have a little bit better. In other words, okay, I got guys who can stop the run, but maybe they're not ready to rush the passer. So it's got to be more of a substitution game, more of a rotation game. And Davis has got to be a first-down player. Tui Pelotu, if he's going to play like that, is going to play more on early downs. And then you bring in Fletch and, and Javon for the pass rush. And, and that's the way it's got to be. Uh, reputation and all, if it continues like that. And by the way, I don't think it's going to be that bad. Again, <laughs> I know it, that's one of the best offensive lines they're going to face all season. And people don't realize that. They don't realize it. Well, you know, the, the Lions have a good offensive line, like you said. They have a really good running back in Niger. So they have a pretty good one-two punch um, if you really want to consider all things. Um, but also – it's so fascinating to me at the very least because the two things that the Philadelphia Eagles have been known for for several years happen to be their weaknesses thus far. And that's the pass rush and defending the run. And I'm trying to figure out how does a team automatically just change or improve that, you know, in the midst of a season, I know it's only week one and, you know, week one is the, is the week of over, is the week of overreaction. You know, they can give up over 150 rushing yards week one and probably not give up, more than 90 a game over the, you know, over the next several games. So week one is definitely an, a time of overreaction, but you know, this happened last season, you know, there were games where they struggled to stop the run and the pass rush was literally non-existent last season. You know, should, is there a reason to be legitimately concerned in the long term? Uh, only, only if the staff doesn't recognize that they need to utilize what they have a little bit better. Look, I, I don't think Jordan Davis is going to play 13 snaps the rest of the year. So, I again, and and hopefully I'll be able to find out something, whether it's on the record or off but, the but record. Ha, but has Jonathan Gannon shown an ability to know how to use his personnel? Last year he could continue to complain about the lack of personnel. And I, in my personal opinion, every great – Coach has to find a way to maximize his personnel, and it's week one again, overreaction. But he has not shown an ability to really maximize his personnel. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. This team was tenth in in defense in the NFL last season. I don't think they had ten number ten defense talent. Now that's traditional, um, you know, measuring sticks, uh, statistical yard marks, which are kind of outdated. Um, so you can frame it and say the good quarterbacks, as I said, you know, all teams tend to struggle against good quarterbacks, not bad quarterbacks. So some of that's baked in. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, in Davis, because it, it was a surprise, it was a surprise how little he played. That's not going to continue. Um, I don't know. I wish I could tell you why it happened, uh, where we don't get to speak to Jonathan Gannon after games um obviously nick sirianni wasn't giving it up um 
you know, it could be something as simple as, all right, he, he didn't show up to a meeting on time. And I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying it could be something as simple as that. And they're trying to send a message to a young kid to be a professional. He's going to play. He's going to play. And he's going to play more as, as weeks move on. And, and that only got amplified more because they thought they could probably get away with it this week. They know they're not going to be able to get away with it in certain weeks and probably this week because Minnesota's, at least from an offensive standpoint, on paper far more explosive than Detroit. Understood. Final question for you, John, before I let you go and, uh, you know, get back to work. Did you get any good cooking while you was in Detroit? Did you did you stop at any good restaurants? Yeah, we went to uh, – oh, I need Martin Frank here uh, – Something, everything is named Ford out there. Everything is named Ford. (laughs) So we went to this one place. It was Ford something or other. Uh, The Ford family still getting to that bag. The Ford family still getting to that bag, I guess. IPA place, you know. So we had a couple local brews, and uh, I think I had the blackened salmon. So that's what I went with, uh, Tone. Solid. Sounds good, my man. John, we appreciate you so much for always providing your insight on these Philadelphia Eagles, man. Glad you made it home safe. You take care. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. And my man, more work to come, more to discuss about these Philadelphia Eagles. You take care, my guy. After that, you guys, we are going to go into our break. And next, Rick Saratella will be back with our final guest of the day, Howard Balzer. We appreciate you guys so much for being patient with the content and also being patient with the technical difficulties. I'm the producer. Tone to shows the second. Rick said, "Teller, we'll be back. we'll be back after the break with Howard Balzer. Keep it locked, you guys." fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on acting. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds.
Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey, the largest workers' compensation law firm in Pennsylvania. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. Even better, Pond Lee Hockey doesn't charge a dime until you win. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Back at it again. We're grinding it down for the last part of the football playbook. RIC in the place to be. Back at it again. Rick Saratella in the host chair. Uh, big shout out to the producer, the man behind the stream, sometimes on the scene when needed. Uh, Tone DeShields holding it down. We appreciate that. And I wanted to pop on Tone, get his take with the fresh cut and all. So uh, he got he got on the football playbook and did his thing. So we appreciate that. Um, Rick Saratella here with you for the next 20 minutes or so, taking you down to the sports take guys where we'll have more overreaction from the Eagles and Lions uh, before we pop on our next guest. Uh, already rumors. We saw Dallas Cowboys lose to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Dak Prescott out six to eight weeks with a thumb injury on his throwing hand. The rumors are already begun. Mutual interest between Cam Newton and the Dallas Cowboys. We'll see how that develops. Oh, by the way, the biggest balls of them all, y'all. Brian Dayball. Uh, man, how about that? Talk about the Eagles icing it on fourth down. Brian Dayball goes for the win. Two-point conversion. Washington Commanders with the big W. We'll talk some NFC football, some Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, he's the man out in the desert waking up with us early on this Monday morning. Howard Balzer of GoPhoenix.com. He's got a new gig. We'll talk about that. And you were on the scene for that uh, incredible Patrick Mahomes performance. But let's start off with our hometown Philadelphia Eagles. Howard, a Philly native. Welcome into the show. And uh, before we get into Eagles talk, it's GoPhoenix.com, G-O-P-H-N-X. Dot com. Tell us about uh, the new gig quickly here, Howard. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, it's you know it's a new website. It just celebrated its first birthday, so I'm kind of glad to be there in the beginning of the second year. Do a lot of podcasting and a lot of social media, and there's a writing, uh, you know, a writing part of the writing platform as part of the, uh, uh, you know, as part of the the whole site. So exciting to be doing it, and made a quick transition. And so first week, you know. Wrote my first article last Wednesday, and so it's it, it's been fun been fun doing it. And it's interesting because as it applies to the Eagles and the NFL for that matter, Rick. What I wrote last night after this Cardinals loss, I, I have this term that's called collective amnesia. And I I wonder sometimes if there are people who drop down from another planet 
and landed in our country watching the NFL and have no history of it and don't realize what happens in this league. I mean, that's why this league is crazy. That's all we talk about. Crazy games, crazy thing. You know, it's only 17 games. Anything can happen. But I, I, I understand that fans view things from the prism of their own team. But, hey, there's two teams out there. And so the collective amnesia is, hey, wow, how could this happen? How, how could the Eagles, you know, you know, be challenged by the Detroit Lions, a team that only won three games last year. How could this happen, right? Well, it happened, just like the Vikings beat the Packers. And you mentioned Brian Dayball and the Giants go on the road and, and beat the Titans. The Steelers beat the Bengals with weird things happening there where they're, the Bengals lose their long snapper and it affects missed kicks yeah. at the end of the game. I mean, yeah. that's what the NFL is. And but I know it, it's it's, a, it's emotional for everybody. You build to that game, you build to that game, and then when you see things going on, you just you know, I try to take a step back, look at things rationally, and I did that with, with the Cardinals. I mean, here, here's people, Rick, going, Wow, how could the car how could the Cardinals defense be shredded by Patrick Mahomes? Really? That was a surprise what Patrick Mahomes did? I mean. It's, it's just pretty funny sometimes hearing the reactions of many out there to a game in the league. And, of course, overreaction Monday after the first week, I've, oh, always, yeah. I've, I've always said this. After week one, there are 16 fan bases that think their team's going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> and the other 16, the fans are looking for the nearest bridge to fall off because they wonder if they'll ever win another game. No doubt. Howard Balzer, longtime NFL insider with us here on the football playbook, taking you up to noon. It's all powered by Ocean Casino Resort in Atlantic City. And it's a 17-game season, but here in Philadelphia, we had a 17-point lead, Howard, going into the fourth quarter. Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Gannon lets his foot off the gas. They uh, let him off the hook and back into the game. We've beat down the Eagles' defense on this show for the past hour and a half. I want to phrase this question to you because all eyes on Jalen Hurts going into the season, this offense was very simplified. It looked like a college scheme. Uh, play action on 50% of the snaps, 48.5 to be exact. But Hurts executed it well. 10 for 16, 112 yards out of the play action. Uh, I would bet 75%, if not more, was an RPO. And Hertz is just really designed to read half of the field, make one or two reads. If it's not there, tuck and run. 17 carries for 90 yards. The Eagles run the ball 39 times again. Is this what a $40 million quarterback looks like? Because they're going to take one on in Kirk Cousins. I would argue neither of them is a top-tier quarterback, but there's something to be said for competent quarterback plays. Oh, well, there's no question about it. I mean, teams you don't you don't win in this league without that. And I think too at the beginning of the season, when you talk about some teams maybe being a little simplified, doing things a certain way. I mean, you don't nobody has a book on each other yet. And we also know that even when you think you have a book on the other team, they're still going to come out on Sunday or whatever night the game is and do something that perhaps you didn't expect. And so you go in with the best plan coming off a train coming off a preseason where you know guys don't play that much nobody's played four quarters i mean that's one of the biggest things that people forget is that 
even your, I mean, heck, a lot of starters aren't playing at all in the preseason. But even those teams that have the starters play, they're, they're not playing. Nobody's playing 60, 70 snaps in a game. And then you get to that fourth quarter, you went in with all that adrenaline because it is opening day. And sometimes, like we said, crazy things uh, can happen. So I, I think in time, the Eagles are going are, are going to be okay. And as, as you find your rhythm, as you, you know, get accustomed uh, to a lot of things and you start now, granted, you're getting the book on other teams, but other teams are getting the book on you too. And that, that's what makes this such a fascinating league because basically there's, there's yes, there's, there's, there's a difference in talent among teams, but overall it's not that great. And it comes down to, like you said, just executing on Sunday, I always love afterwards, Rick, when, so, oh, man, the play calling wasn't very good. Oh, so it was the play call why a play worked. It's not because someone missed a block or a play, 11 guys on the field that maybe one guy didn't do what he was supposed to do and someone on the other team made a play. And But, again, that's, I understand that's the way the game is viewed. I always love when someone comes out and says, well, boy, how could that – how could how could the team be – how could the team be flat when they're talking about their team that lost? Have you ever heard, Rick? Have you ever heard, Rick, a team after a win where people were saying, well, man, you know, uh, we were fortunate to win that game because the other team was flat, right? You ever hear that? No, no one ever says that. But everyone has to come up with these, you know, overall observations and reasons why why things happen and or, or you weren't prepared. Come on, these, these teams prepare like crazy. But – Hey, it's a game of humans, and, and any, as we've seen all over and over and over, anything can happen when two NFL teams get together. That's why they play the games. Howard Balls are here, chopping it up, breaking it down on the football playbook. Uh, we've spent the entire show on the Eagles, Howard, so let me just pick your brain. Starting off in the NFC East here, we saw the Cowboys lose Dak Prescott. Uh, Brian Dayball off to big things, going for the two-point conversion win. Washington Commanders beating our good friend uh, and Doug Peterson. Does the Dak Prescott injury open up the door for the Commanders or Giants in this division? Do you think? Well, that, that's a great that's a great question. I, I still think the Eagles are going to be there for the long haul, but you certainly have to have concerns about the Cowboys now. Although I'm sure a lot of people are just gleeful. That's something <laughs> that Jerry Jones now uh, has to scramble. But wh whatever they do, whether they would decide to go with Cooper Rush or do they bring in a Cam Newton, who knows? Maybe they pick up the phone and say, hey, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo. Would you be interested in trading him? Jimmy uh, G should have waited, maybe. He should have waited another week or two. Well, but here's the thing. I mean, his contract, I mean, yeah, he's not making a big base salary, but he's got some significant incentives in there for playing. And this would get could give him a very quick path to being able to play. So I don't know if the 49ers would want to do it after what we saw from Trey Lance yesterday. Mm. Although that's a little unfair because the weather and the field were just so bad in, in Chicago. But from the Cowboys standpoint, you bring in someone new. I mean, then that's a player coming in on the fly, learning an offense, learning his teammates, all those things. And people sometimes say, oh, snap your finger. These guys are crows. Well, it's, it's a lot more involved than that. But the flip side is, are you really going to play Cooper Rush for the next six to eight weeks? I mean, you could you could certainly be out of it uh, by then. So it'll be very, very uh, intriguing to see what, in fact, uh, the Cowboys do. 
and whether they can just tread water for the rest of the season. But, you know, you back to the commanders, that was a team that everyone thought had a good chance to win the division last year after what they did the season before. And things went bad for them. They were inconsistent. Certainly the defense didn't play up to the standards that they thought they were going to. Well, now, who know, you know, this is a team that could bounce back. They have more consistent quarterbacking with Carson Wentz. And so, yeah, you'd have to say that, uh, that the commanders could be in the hunt. And the Giants, woo, you know, new, new regime, you know, and, and went on the road at Tennessee, the team that obviously had the number one seed in the playoffs in the AFC last season and pull off a last second win. So, yeah, that's uh, this, this, this could be wide o- even more wide open than it was, obviously, in the NFC East. Yeah, suddenly the NFC East doesn't look like a two-horse race after week one. So we spent the whole entire offseason speculating and saying it was a two-horse race, and now uh, it's pretty wide open. And the NFL, hey, there's optimism week one. Look around. Three games decided by a field goal. You mentioned Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, New Orleans, Atlanta, Cleveland, Carolina. We had another game end in overtime between Houston and Indianapolis, the thriller with the Giants, and whew, just when we thought the Chiefs were down and out, uh, Patrick well, Mahomes, you know, you could state an argument now that this offense is more explosive when you don't have to force feed Tyree Kill because now Mahomes, last time I checked, he would hit like nine or ten different receivers. Yeah, You were on site for that Cardinals-Chiefs uh, game. What did you see? Yeah, I mean – how anyone can think that the Chiefs would be down and out, I, I don't understand. Now, yes, maybe you think, oh, maybe they take a little step back and it opens the door for other teams in that division. But the reality is when you have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback and Andy Reid as the head coach, there's a reason this team has been to four consecutive AFC championship games. And they still have Travis Kelsey. You know, they added you know some talent, certainly at receiver Juju Smith-Schuster came up with some big plays uh, yesterday. They ran hard with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And, heck, f- the five touchdown passes by Mahomes were all inside the 10-yard line. I mean, they just moved down the field. Now, having said that, the Cardinals were in a horrible position defensively, especially a corner. They don't even have a – Rick, they don't even have a nickel corner right now. They don't have a nickel corner because of injuries and things that have happened to them. Their two corners played basically um, Byron Murphy Jr. and Marco Wilson every snap. And their their backup corners played – well, their one backup corner played nine snaps. And and, and a few of them were late in the game when it, when it was over. And they had five linebackers on the field for a good part uh, of this game. And so they, they just had no answer, obviously, for Patrick Mahomes, who, like you said, completed passes to ten different receivers – he was, he was just able to find guys, you know, find the open guy. That's what he does so well. So, again, it, it showed that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs should never, never be counted out. And, heck, they, they not that winning your home opener is the end of, you know, the be-all and end-all. But, hey, the larger percentage of teams that get to the playoffs win the season opener. The Chiefs have won eight in a row uh, season openers now, five of them since Mahomes has been – the starting quarterback. So I I think it's fair to say, Rick, they know what they're doing in Kansas City. 
Hey, Kansas City is going to be there at the end. We know that. A lot of good storylines here as we run out of time. But uh, Mac Jones was another quarterback who left because of injuries. You mentioned Trey Lance was terrible. We'll see how that plays out. Joe Burrow with five turnovers yesterday. And uh, despite the Steelers eking out that win over the Bengals, T.J. Watt, torn peck, could be out for the year. Big loss there. So bittersweet victory for the Steelers. Mike Tomlin looked like the happiest man in the league, though, yesterday, if you saw him dancing in the locker room postgame. However, week one's not over yet. We got a uh, quick uh, time for a prediction out of you tonight. The Broncos, Russell Wilson uh, taking on Seattle in the NFC. Uh, Geno Smith making his uh, starting not debut, but uh, uh, start for the Seahawks here. Will he finish the game? Howard, how do you see this one? I'll tell you, I, th- I think, you know, the Seahawks are going to, they're going to give them everything that, that the Broncos can handle. I would, I would think that Russell Wilson will get a nice welcome from the fans there when he, when he's on the field for the first time. And then the 12th man in Seattle will probably be even louder than ever when Wilson gets into the huddle and under center for the first time. But, you know, the, the Seahawks are, it's tough to predict because Geno Smith has played well at times, but can he play well in the fourth quarter? If it's a close game, can he make those plays that, help his team win. But, you know, it is no matter, no matter how, how, no matter how the Seahawks are, they are tough at home. And here's an interesting thing. We haven't mentioned the Rams because they played last Thursday. I mean, they looked as bad as any team in the NFL in losing to Buffalo. And I know Buffalo is really good, obviously, but if, if the Seahawks lose tonight, all four teams in the NFC West will be 0-1. And so everybody can say, okay, yeah, we, we, it didn't come out the way we wanted, but Hey, we're, we're still not in bad position. And so you know that if that's the case, like I said, teams that lose their home, uh, their season opener, it's a much smaller percentage of teams that get to, get to the playoffs. Well, if everyone loses their season opener in that division, we know at least one of them is going to make the playoffs because one of them has to win the division. Well, hey, there's a, there's a door of opportunity there for the Seahawks to jump into first place. Yeah. We'll come back uh, tomorrow on the football playbook here and talk about it. We'll come back next week with Howard Balzer. He'll join us every Monday to recap the Eagles, the Cardinals, the NFL. Uh, Howard, we appreciate the time out there in the desert. Of course, gophoenix.com. It's G-O-P-H-N-X.com. We'll be on the lookout for all your work over there moving forward, and we'll do it again uh, next week. Shall we, partner? Look forward to it, Rick. And by the way, I enjoy the way you have your headset there, making sure it's sideways so the top of it doesn't mess up your beautiful, uh, your beautiful hairdo. <laughs> Hey, trying to keep trying to keep up with you, Howard, over there. Ah, I don't know about that. <laughs> Howard Balzer checking in from the desert. Always fun to chop it up and break it down uh, with the longtime NFL insider who also is a Hall of Fame voter covering the Phoenix uh, Arizona Cardinals for GoPhoenix.com, G-O-P-H-N-X.com, the new home for Cardinals. Hey, this is your home for Eagles Talk on the Jacob Sports Channel. It's a can't stop, won't stop situation. It kicks off weekdays around the NFC East with Jeff Kerr, 7 to 8, followed by Birds 365, Mac and Mac from 8 to 10. We were lucky enough to have John McMullen today here on the Football Playbook along with Howard Balzer. Sports Take guys will take over at 12. Uh, Then our guy Big Sills from 3 to 6. And then, of course, the Eagles pre and post game. Big shout out to the whole crew. What a success. Uh, there at the Ocean Casino Resort. Make sure you get down at the gallery if you missed it. We got a primetime affair for week two. It's Vikings week. 
We got Lindsey Young tomorrow joining us from Vikings.com. Eddie Kratz from Eagles Today just texted me. He'll join the show uh, as we get you ready for this Vikings game. It's time to turn the page. Week one in the books. Eagles 1-0. We'll be back tomorrow with Tone behind the scenes. Great job jumping in there and filling in through our technical difficulties. Big shout out to all our chat, uh, chat room people. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked. If you're on the autoplay, the YouTube channel, the chat room, kick it right into the sports take, guys. Our guy Barrett Brooks on double double duties with uh, D-Gun and Rob taking over from here. Hey, we appreciate all the love and support. Make sure you hit the like button one last time before we get you out of here. We'll be back at it again for tomorrow. This was the Football Playbook. I am Rick Saratella. Sign our everybody. <laughs>